Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Today, we are going to South Carolina to talk with Misty Beller. Misty is a USA Today bestselling author who writes romantic mountain stories. Her latest book, Rocky Mountain Rendezvous is coming in June. So welcome, Misty, to the RV. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be fun. I'm I'm already set for the ride. Yes, and I am more than happy to go to South Carolina and, of course, to speak with you, to learn about your new book. And Misty, growing up on a farm surrounded by horses and other animals must have been an incredible experience. It was. Can you tell us more about your childhood? Yeah. Um, So my grandparents, um, they actually moved from California um, back in the 70s before I was born. Um, And they bought the farm property. It was um, one of the original 160-acre plots. and they, it, there was an old farmhouse on it that um, had actually been condemned. And so they renovated the farmhouse and, and decided that they wanted to try to live off the land. Um, and that was, that was definitely a challenge. <laughs> but I'm actually, right now I'm in the, the original farmhouse. Um, my grandfather isn't doing so great these days. So I, I work from here during the day now. Um, and I love this place. It's about 150 years old now. Um, but so growing up, I actually grew up next door to this house. Um, my parents had, had built on the property. And, um, so I, I spent a lot of time at my grandparents, um, and we did, um, (laughs) we did so much with all the animals. Um, my brother and I both, um, leaned towards horses early. That was kind of our first love. Um, so he and I, um, my grandparents had the original ponies that the grandkids all rode, but then my brother and I started to, to save up and buy our own horses. And, um, so eventually in my teenage years, I, um, kind of created my own full-time job of, um, training horses and giving lessons. And, um, we, we bred horses and, and raised the foals and trained them and sold them. And, um, so it was, it was a really, really neat way to grow up. Um, and I was homeschooled, so we didn't um, have to to work with regular school hours. We could get our school done um, and then t- just do what we wanted to on the farm. So it, it really was just a neat experience. It definitely laid the foundation for my 
my love of horses and horses in my books and um, just kind of the remote, simpler life. Um, this farmhouse um, still doesn't have central heat or AC. And we're in the South where the humidity is. So it's, you know, just kind of the simpler things. We, we heated by wood stove and cooled by fans. So, yeah, but um, I, I'll tell you this living close to nature is like I have a wonderful memory from my childhood when I visited my uncle's family farm where yeah. he he raised the chickens and pigs and the feeling of being in direct contact with nature and animals was simply amazing. Actually, I can still recall a time when a chicken bit me. Bit me. <laughs> yes. And for a while, I developed a fear of chickens. But oh, however, yes. yeah, over time, that fear subsided. So it <laughs> is very cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely appreciate the eggs. That's for sure. Um, that's that's kind of funny. My oldest daughter is 15 and she um, we haven't had chickens um, recently. My my brother's my older brother's family lives on the farm as well. Um, and so they've had chickens. His son raised chickens and um, selling the eggs and all that good stuff. And so my oldest daughter just really wanted to do the same. So she um, took it on herself to to get some baby chicks and also some baby ducks. <laughs> I came home from a, a, a book retreat um, and and there they were. <laughs> in our um in our spare our extra bathroom actually um the baby chicks because they had to be warm um so now she's um she's got her chicks and her ducks that she's raising and it's just it's really fun it's really fun to just um let the kids be be kids not be yeah. sucked so much into the challenges of life today it it's amazing what it does there's such a peace on the farm and animals connect with you and in a different way than people do and they're just it's like I no matter what's going on if I go up out and just you know just pet the horses it's amazing how that changes I don't know it just changes your whole mindset it's it's incredible what that connection with with God's creation can do for your your spirit I guess and Misty as someone who studied business administration, can you share more about your journey on transition from that field to become a full-time writer? Yes, yes. Um, my life has been really an interesting little journey. Um, I, I, um, like I said, I originally kind of created my own full-time job with horses, um, but I realized that that might not be a a sustainable career because it's it's hard on your body. Um, so I I went to college my first year actually I was a music major um, a, a church music major with an emphasis in piano. Um, but, but again I realized within the first year that I love music, but um, turning that into a career kind of took the fun out of it. So so I switched to business administration, um, and I. I got a job um, in Charlotte here, which is kind of our closest big city. Um, so it was, it was very much the corporate world and um, paid well. Um, and I I learned so much there. Um, I was there for about 13 years, um, kind of give or take the last little bit um, 
I was doing some just contract work. Um, and so during that time I got married and we had our, our first two girls um, and I had such a full life, um, very busy life, because when you get into the corporate world, it's very busy. Um, but I just was feeling this kind of, I don't know what to even call it really, but almost like a little hole, like, you know, I wasn't, I was missing something, um, just didn't have that fulfilled feeling. Um, so what I decided to do was um, I, I wrote a bucket list. Um, that was kind of the thing that a lot of people did at that time. And I had a friend at work who she put together a bucket list and she, she was knocking something off of it um, every few months, actually. And I thought, you know what, that's what I should do. <laughs> so, so there were a lot of things that went on that list. Um, write a novel that's published, learn to play the guitar, um, become fluent in Spanish, you know, all these different things. And there were some, some travel things on there as well. Um, but I decided, you know what, let me start with the write a novel that's published uh, because that was free. It didn't require, you know, traveling somewhere or taking lessons or whatnot. I've always been an avid reader. I have always just adored books. In fact, growing up, there were times that my, my mom had to say, put the book down and go outside. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thought it would be so easy to, to write a book. You know, Christian historical romance is my favorite genre. And I thought, you know what, I've read hundreds, probably thousands of Christian historical romance books. So it should just be, you know, I should be able to imagine the story and write it down. Um, but I realized it was not quite that easy, like where to start this story. And, um, you know, what I, I knew that there was a lot that I didn't know. So I went to the library. We have a wonderful library here in our small town. Um, and I got a stack of books about um, how to write a, a fiction book. Um, and God just started me on the very first um, book that was wonderful. Um, it's called Plot and Structure by James Scott Bell. And he's just a phenomenal um, writing teacher. And um, so that was, God just led me to the perfect book the first time. Um, and that kind of helped me develop story structure and character arcs. And um, as I was writing that book, um, that book eventually became The Rancher Takes a Cook, which is um, was published and is available now. Um, but as I was writing that, I realized this is what I was missing. This is that that me time, that um, that fulfilling piece that I needed. Um, and as I was coming to the end of that book, I kind of had a, a an idea for another book set in the Rocky Mountains um, in a log cabin, just really remote setting. And I was so excited to write that second book. And so I, I made myself finish the first book. I'm a finisher. Um, but then I jumped into the second book and I, I realized there, oh, this is what I want to write. I want to write these settings. I want to write in the Rocky Mountains and um, the really remote settings and just the adventure and the challenges. And um, so I, I did actually finish the trilogy set in Texas that that first series, first book became a series. Um, but since then, all of my stories have been set in the Rocky Mountains, um, sometimes Montana, sometimes the Canadian Rockies, sometimes Wyoming. Um, but I just, I found that piece that was missing. And I've been writing ever since. Um, once the first few books were published, I realized this could actually be a full-time job yeah. <laughs> because the, the income was starting to be what I would need to be to replace. Um, and then I could be home with my kids and write. And that was, uh, that was really a dream that I, 
I wanted to to do if at all possible because I you know I was homeschooled growing up and my mom was home with the kids and I just always thought that I would do that as well so so um it's been a journey since then but I I never if you asked me when I was a teenager what do you see yourself doing for a career being a professional author never would have even entered my mind yes and congratulations and it was the first on your bucket list, yeah? Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I I really just look back and see how God guided each step along the way. And there were definitely some false starts and some things that I needed to, to do to learn, to move the direction that I needed to learn. But I, I even just that unrest that I had before I started the bucket list, um, that I just really feel was was the Lord guiding me towards, you know, pushing me out of my my comfortable place so that I would take those steps to to find writing. So it's it's been a journey. <laughs> it's it's really fun to look back on. So yeah. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply and giving your love for the Rocky Mountains, I'm putting it on my bucket list now. I'm going to visit <laughs> the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> and it seems fitting that your new book is titled Rocky Mountain Rendezvous. Am I saying it properly, Rendezvous? Um, the way Americans pronounce it would be Rendezvous. Um, ah, rendezvous. So yeah so that s is silent it's it's kind of an interesting word um yes, right. <laughs> it's not one that i used very much it is yeah it's uh -huh. not one i used very much before i i kind of brainstormed this story but um the rendezvous in general it just kind of means a meetup but it back then it was um this huge event that trappers and mountain men and the Native Americans and everybody would come together um, and supply trains would come from the East. And that was the one time of the year that all these trappers could buy um, supplies from the States um, because at that time um, there weren't really, there were a few forts um, to come up, but there wasn't um, just like regular communication with with the East and, and the States and um, supplies didn't come very often. So this is their one time to buy coffee and, and whiskey and guns and knives and blankets and trade goods and all that. So it was it was a huge event that it was the camp would stretch for miles. Yeah. <laughs> yes, all those men, they were all men except some of the Native American women um, who came with the tribes, but no white women at all. So as, as I was kind of doing some research, I just, I always, because I write so much just in the Rocky Mountains and, and really in the, the early to mid 1800s, um, I don't do much research for a specific book, but I'm just always 
um, reading books that are, are journals of trappers or, you know, firsthand accounts. Like I'm just always, I just love to do that. That's just fun for me. So, um, and that's oftentimes where I get my story ideas for, for future series or future books. So I was, I was reading some books or listening to the audiobooks, Um, and I, I knew about the rendezvous, um, but I, I hadn't really read many stories of things that happened there. And as I was hearing those stories, I thought, oh my goodness, I really need to include this in my book somehow. Um, And wouldn't it be crazy if there were, um, you know, some white women that came amidst all this chaos and all these men and what would that look like? And that's kind of how this, the, that was the, the seed of the storyline for um, Rocky Mountain Rendezvous and the whole Holland sisters um that that ended up being this first book in the series yeah and actually you specialize in writing romantic mountain stories set in the 1800s is that correct that's right um all of my books have been in the 1800s um all of them before 1880 um because in in kind of the Montana territory and in that whole area, 1880 was kind of a turning point with um, a lot of the modernization that had happened in the East for decades, um, started moving West and the train came to Montana in the 1880s. um, And that just brought so much. It brought um, gas lights and um, just all these modern things. And so I, my books are all, we've all set before that. <laughs> I don't write any of their modern um, amenities, but I, I have found myself um, with each new series um, often going back earlier. I originally said I wrote between 1860 and 1880, um, but my last several series have been in um, the early 1800s, like even 1815 and 1830 and so really in the trapper days um and the 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 real mountain men um and before there were even really trading posts back there I just I love that that frontier feel and um it probably again comes from just all the different journals that I I read the firsthand accounts of of the men and what they experienced um it's just so it's it's so it's exciting it's like another world and another it's not world. a world that is very much fiction written about so um I don't know I just love it I'm drawn towards it um for some crazy reason but yeah so I, also love, I love reading about stories these stories from those times I think people were more romantic I don't know if it's just my impression but I feel that, like, of course, they didn't have WhatsApp, telephone, everything was more difficult. Yeah. Yes, yes, it was so much harder. Um, and I think that that just made the people, um, you know, they're they're tougher, honestly, than, than many of us are today. Um, and they just, they just faced the challenges and they just took the next step and um, they, they didn't really get to retreat very often. If they retreated, they died. Um, You know, so if there was, if they needed to get from, from their home to the, um, to the nearest town or the nearest trading post or the nearest, whatever, 
um, it was it was a journey that they had to plan out. Um, usually, it was, it's not like running to the grocery store, yeah. <laughs> and even just cooking. Um, in my books, um, oftentimes they don't even have a cook stove, so they're cooking over an open fire, and just the challenges of what that brings, and it does limit you with what you can can cook because I mean it's hard to. It's hard to do a French culinary masterpiece over an open campfire, so, especially when you only have meat that you've hunted and um, maybe a smidge of cornmeal and um, and salt. Of course, they had to have a lot of salt, but they learned how to make their own salt. Um, anytime they would find a, a saltwater um, lake or, or river, whatnot, um, they learned how to make their own salt because it was so important to... Um, to preserving meat and tanning hides and um, our bodies actually require salt to survive. So anyway, it's just a whole, whole different world. <laughs> it really is. Yes. And mm. nowadays everything's so easy. We don't even <laughs> think about it. So we take everything. Yes. Yes. And oh, Misty, yeah. I'm curious to know about this book. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, yes. So Rocky Mountain Rendezvous is book one in the Sisters of the Rockies series. And um, the kind of the main storyline is four sisters, the Collins sisters, go west. Um, and the reason they go west is um, their father, um, kind of as he was dying, um, said, I need you to do something for me. I need you to take this, um, this bead necklace or actually he didn't say specifically they had to do, but please get this bead necklace back to this, this Pegan Blackfoot woman um, who saved my life back in his younger days um, when he had gone West trapping. Um, and they could have asked their solicitor or their lawyer of the day um, to find someone to deliver it, but they, they really just wanted to fulfill this last wish themselves. And they thought, oh, this will be an adventure and we'll kind of see um, the, the place where all his stories happened, um, the stories that they had told, that he had told them growing up. Um, so they, they joined on with the supply trains and they headed west and they have this bead necklace that this, this Native American woman had given their father um, two decades before. And so then when they got to the rendezvous, um, it was nothing like what they imagined by any stretch because it um, is this valley with mountains on either side and a river running through um, the, the Green River um, in Wyoming is where the story is set. And men for miles, um, and most of them lived, or they all lived in tents or um, the lodges that the Indians had taught them to build. Um, and there were no white women there were some, some native camps, um, some the different tribes all came in and, and camped in different areas. And some of them weren't friendly with each other. So they kind of kept their distance for the most part during the rendezvous. Um, but then finding this, this woman um, who was an older um, woman, they, they kind of estimated that she was probably in her sixties um, became such a challenge. And of course our, our hero, the good guy, Riley, um, he saw them early on and realized uh, these women do not belong here. This is a dangerous place for them. So he, um, even though he had, he had come West to, to be a trapper um, just because he, he wanted to get away from people. He'd had 
um, some pretty rough experiences in his life and he just wanted, wanted to be away from it all. Um, but he, he knew that he couldn't leave them um, on their own in this craziness and they didn't even know the danger. Like they, they realized it some of it early on, but they didn't even know the extent of it. So, um, so he, he helped them with their search and um, I won't give away any spoilers, but um, our, our hero for this book, Juniper is one of the sisters. She's the second sister. Oh, and can I tell you my, my inspiration for the sisters? Uh-huh. Um, so I have five kids, um, four girls and a boy. Um, and as I was kind of brainstorming this story, um, sometimes I brainstorm with my oldest two daughters. They're 15 and 11 right now. Um, and I think it was my 11 year old said, mom, you should write a story that, or a series that that features each one of us because you've got, you've got sisters here. So why don't you just do four sisters and each one can be one of us, like our personality, our, our, what we look like. And I thought that normally I try not to put family members in my books because, mm-hmm. because I, the characters take on their own life and, and it's, it's better if my family doesn't read the books thinking, mm, what, what stories about me is she going to put in there? Um, but I decided, okay, I will model each of my, my characters, my, of the sisters after my girls. Um, and so Juniper is, is modeled after my 11 year old Haven, um, initially, but again, as I was writing Juniper's story, I realized she's her own person. Um, she's not exactly like Haven. Haven is her own person. You know, when you're, when you're writing fiction, and the char- you hear the characters' voices in your head. The characters become real people in your head. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, and I hope that readers feel the same way when they're reading the book. But it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Anyway, so the Sisters of the Rockies series um, has four sisters, and each of them is is similar to my four girls. So it's been a lot of fun writing these sisters and and adding in just a little bit of the nuances of the relationships between them that that my girls kind of have. So so there is a little bit of of real life in their personalities in the the sisters the Collins sisters' personalities, but they definitely have their own as well. So. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the personality. What is it about Juniper that fascinates really more than any other woman he has ever known? Normally, when I write siblings, the first book in a series is usually the oldest sibling um, because it just seems right to tell their story first. Um, But with this series... Juniper, who is the second born, she's not the oldest. She just really stood out to me as as her story comes first. She's the one that that Rocky Mountain Rendezvous should be about. Um, and I, I can't really put into words why that is. Um, she, but she is a, a middle sister, essentially. Um, 
because there's four of them. And so Juniper and Lorelai, um, which is book two in the series, they're the middle sisters. Um, and having watched my own kids interact, um, there is something very unique about the middle children. They, um, they often feel like they're, they're kind of behind the scenes or they're not in the forefront. Um, the, the oldest sibling is, is usually, you know, the take charge and, and keeping the family together and, you know, just um, overseeing everything. And the, the baby of the family is usually um, kind of has their own personality and they, they do things their own and they're not as worried about the rest of the kids. They just like, they're kind of more focused on themselves and, and how they're, but the middle sisters, um, they, they tend to feel like they're behind the scenes and just not seen as much. Um, and like, they still have to do everything. They're just not the ones in charge and they're not the one that everyone's looking at. Um, and Juniper is very much like that. She doesn't have kind of problems. She doesn't feel like she's, you know, um, oh, just no one else likes me. I just have to do all the work. She does. She doesn't feel that way, but she just feels like she's in the background um, but yet still has kind of some of the responsibility of, of the oldest because she's the second oldest. Um, and since the sisters, both their parents have died um, and the younger sisters are both in, um, I want to say they were 16 and 17 okay. um, during Rocky Mountain Rendezvous. So they were still pretty young. They they needed guidance and they needed protection and and so Lorelai worked with her oldest sister, Rosemary, um, to, to protect and to guide and to nurture the younger ones. Um, and Lorelai was kind of the, she did a lot of the cook, or I'm sorry, not Lorelai, Juniper um, did a lot of the cooking and, um, you know, just making things happen behind the scenes. Um, and I just, I love that about her. But what really was special about this story um, where Juniper was concerned Riley, the hero, um, as he got to know the sisters and as they got to know him during the search for for Steps Right, this this Indian woman, um, he was the first one to really see Juniper and to to see her not as one of the sisters, the one that's not the one in the forefront, but to see her as the person that she is, just this caring person who is not afraid to do the hard work and um she also has a bit of an artistic um flair so back <laughs> back east before um they came west and it was more focused on survival um but before she she would paint she would draw um and that was kind of the things that she enjoyed doing um and riley also actually um enjoyed drawing Everywhere he would go, he would kind of sketch a map of of the terrain, and um, and so he the two of them connected that way. And he just really saw her individually as the person that she was, just the beautiful person inside. Um, and he wasn't drawn to the oldest sister like all the men always were around them, um, because Rosemary just had the the strong personality. He was drawn to Juniper, and that just I love the gentle, um, just the gentle respect and love that developed between them. It, it was just such a sweet, sweet um, story that I think all, every woman craves um, 
the man that that she falls in love with, just seeing her who she is and loving her more than than anything around her um, and choosing her for who she is, not mm-hmm. as second best or because they couldn't get anyone else or, you know, all those things. So um, that's, that's one of the things I love about Jennifer. And it was just such a neat journey writing her story and seeing her grow and develop and, um, and come to the forefront um, in her own mind. And as Riley nurtured um, just that um, acceptance of herself and just um, helping her, her love herself, the way she is, the way God made her. She's not second best to her big sister or to anyone else. So I don't know, but I think the other sisters will be jealous. It's just my opinion. <laughs> they, they might be. They might just really love the, the happily ever after that, that Juniper um, finds in this book. And, you know, that's one of the things I love about writing series, um, especially series as connected as, as these books are. The next book is going to be Lorelai's story. And um, we get to see Juniper and Riley together and they do have a happily ever after for sure. But, but life is not easy. Even after, you know, we find the person God made for us to spend life together. It's, there's still many challenges and, and we're going to get to see how they work through those challenges in, in the next books in the series. So. Yeah. I'll have to read these books. I'm so looking forward to know what is going on. And Misty, would you like to leave a message for our listeners today? Oh, I would love to. Um, there's so many things that, that kind of spring to mind. Um, but I will, I'll kind of go back to, um, kind of my whole bucket list story. Um, you know, God, God created each of us for something unique and gave us all these unique strengths. Um, and sometimes our lives are a journey to, to get to where he, it's not that he has one thing for each of us to do, um, but sometimes it feels like we're we're still in the journey, we're still in the hard times, and that we haven't uh, arrived where he wants. Um, but I I would just encourage listeners to to keep pressing on, keep keep working through those hard places, and know that that these are molding you, molding us, so that we can be the people that we need to be for this these other things that that God has prepared for us, and some of them just feel um really wonderful kind of the promised land it's worth the journey it's worth pressing through the hard times um knowing that there is is good to come so hang in there i i'm very thankful that you are here today and i'm certain that you have truly inspired our listeners i just want to say thank you for your kind words for for You know, it's not easy, but when we listen to people like you saying how you wanted to do something and you went there and you fought for that, it's just so inspiring. And I would like to know where 
can we find you and of course your books because you've published many books already <laughs> there are a lot of them um yeah my website is probably the easiest way to just learn everything and find the full list um it's mistymbeller.com so m i s t y m b e l l e r.com and i actually um i give away a free ebook for readers um, when they sign up for my my newsletter, um, which I don't I don't send it out that often, but it's kind of the inside peek at um, what's coming up, and they they get to see a, a peek at my life as well, um, which which with five kids is just a little bit crazy. There's always wow. plenty <laughs> going on. So. Five so, kids and full time being a full time writer. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's always. Yeah always so much going on but I love to connect with readers that way um, they can email me back at any time and I just I love to get to know the readers in that way so um, so my website's a great place to start and they can um, get that free ebook and connect with me through the newsletter and um, I just really look forward to hearing from them wonderful um, and- <laughs> wonderful so for those tuning into this episode Please subscribe to Misty's website and you can get an ebook for free. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. I'm excited also to announce that Misty will be featured in the upcoming June issue of the Relatable Voice magazine. So be sure to subscribe or visit www.relatable-media.com and secure your free copy. So, Misty, I wish you all the best, success, and come back as soon as you publish your new book. Yay, I would love to. This has been just such a, a really neat experience, getting getting to talk with you and, and um, to, to connect with your listeners as well. It's been great. Thank you for the opportunity and just um, the pleasure. Yes, the pleasure was all mine. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.